welcome official bitches and fellas. So, um, guys, you totally loved the LA Isn't Compton episode. Killed me with your responses and your own views of the hood that you lived in. Like, I loved it. Like, I mean, it's so different, obviously, from me being a desert rat and growing up out here. Like, I don't know about anything besides what Rosa and Latina tell me. So, um, the fact that, like, I had so many of you, like, hit me up and be like, this is how it is, which my sister-in-law, my little brother, I have a stepbrother who's, like, I don't know how old he is. I think he's 30. Um moved to LA with her and he grew up in Barstow. So like she wrote me and she was like, girl, like where she grew up, it was like different and how it is actually now, because mind you, Vallejo and Latina don't live there anymore. So she's explaining to me like how it is now. And I'm like, didn't they eat my little brother alive? And she's like, oh no, I protect him. And I'm like, thank God, because someone would have to protect my ass too. But, um, no, I wasn't acting at all. I think, um, the number one question I got was, did you really not know there was projects? Yes, I didn't know there was projects. I had no idea. There's no projects in Victorville. There's no projects in the high desert yet, at least. Um, so the biggest cringe part for me, I think was definitely, um, when Vallejo said that they seen the guy dead with like pellet or bullet holes in his face from the shotgun my god like I can't even think of that because it stresses me out like I can't even imagine it and she just talks about it like nothing like it's really shocking to me um and then for my yes I have triplets I think the number one question I got for that one was would I have changed things if I had one baby um sleep training I wouldn't have changed that was absolutely um heaven sent (laughs) that was the best thing I ever did um as far as the self-soothing I probably wouldn't have done it um just because I would have had the time to um you know take care of one baby um so I kind of look at it as like my son my son is very very spoiled um he doesn't act that spoiled, but he is very spoiled. Like he's the one that sleeps with me the most. He's the one that like cuddles with me. So I feel like if I had one baby, then probably, I probably would have knocked out the self-soothing and spoiled the shit out of that kid. Um, cause I basically raised my niece. Um, she, I went on home studies and since, I think she was like one and a half. I raised her until she went to school. So like she was spoiled rotten too. So I don't think that um, I wouldn't spoil or not. I wouldn't do the self-soothing if I just had one baby. Plus I waited so long to have a baby. So I don't know. But you guys liked them both and I appreciate that. And the LA um, episode, I know a lot of you were like, you guys need to do this again. We are going to do it again, but this time we're just going to go a little bit further, involve YouTube, figure that out. I don't know when, but um, these girls have ideas for that. So that's what we're working on. Um, so in today's episode, I wanted to do kind of like a little warning. Um, we are talking about um, a good friend of mine who was my neighbor for 
six, seven years, um, who I became close with her and her whole family, basically. Um, and I never knew her story. She just hit me up and was like, Hey, I want to be on your podcast. I have a story to tell that I kind of want to like help people and get it out there. And I was like, okay, cool. So we did talk for hours. Um, and I did edit some of it. I took out some of it just because, um, it was getting really long, but I just wanted to get like the gist of everything. However, we do touch on, um, basically molestation and pedophilia, um, and religion. Um, so I don't want anyone to listen that has like a trigger to that or sensitive to that. It's not like, you know, we don't go into details of anything too bad, but I just wanted to warn everyone of that. Um, this woman's strength is so encouraging to me. I would have never known what she went through. Like I said, I've known her for years and I never knew. She's an incredible woman. She's an incredible mom. She has a heart of gold. Um, her independence is insane and she's so insanely vocal that I couldn't even believe that kind of she lived this life in a sense. Um, so um, basically it's her story. Um, this is a judgment-free zone as well. Um, keep that in mind that you didn't live her life. You weren't in her shoes. You weren't raised the way she was. You weren't in her religion. You don't know what you would do in a situation. So no judgment. Um, if you have any questions or you need to reach out to her for whatever reason, let me know. Like I can give you her handle on Instagram and you guys can go at it. Um, so let's start it. We are here with Cole. And of course, because we always got to bring in the mom goal. Um, how many do you have? I currently have two. Um, I have a 14 year old son. He just turned 14 and I was blessed to have another baby. And that's my 10 month old. And he's such a joy to our lives. And do you love being a mom Cole? Um, it's very trying. I do have my moments. Um, I have my meltdowns, but ultimately I, I do enjoy seeing the smile on my kids' faces, but being a mom is a tough job. Tough job. Was it different in the age gap? Yes. Um, I would say, I always say this with, uh, my fiance is, um, the second child, <laughs> he's a piece of work. <laughs> my little guy, um, totally different from my oldest. Uh, my oldest is very calm, quiet. He's still like that. And But my little guy, he lets himself be known. He's very demanding. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm a little curious to see how he's going to be. He's a little firecracker. He's so damn cute. Um, okay, so you, we're going to be talking about Cole's first marriage and the life of that so what um what age did you get married I got married at 19 um I started talking to my ex-husband technically I was legally 17 but I um lied about my age and said I was 18 so uh we ended up getting um engaged and I got married at 19 and a half almost 20 and where did you meet him um, I met him through church. Um, our churches are like sister churches. Uh, our pastors grew up with each other. So we see each other on a very regular basis. So give me a little backstory about <clears throat> you and him in church and where church like held a 
um, place in your guys' life? Um, I was born and raised. I didn't know anything else outside of church, really. Um, I was one of those individuals that went to church seven days a week. Um, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes twice on Sunday. Oh, three Lord. times. It just depends. But And you think you have a bad... <laughs> But you see, um, and his his mother is a pastor, so obviously he went to church a lot as well. But um, anywho, uh, he sang a lot, so our church just became really close. Um, we just got to know each other, numbers got exchanged, and we just started talking. You know, he would come visit. We were in two different towns, but he's in L.A. and I was in Morovia, and we just started talking, and... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I I was in high school. He, you know, he's a bit older than me. He's eight years older than me. So, um... Eight years, and she was 17, guys. So, that's... I mean, she told him she was 18, but she was 17, and he was eight years older. So, when... Oh, first of all, is Monrovia not considered L.A.? Or it's not L.A. County? It's L.A. County still. Oh, okay. Yeah, See, you guys know more, how I don't know about this shit. It's just a more... A little bougie a yeah. little more prestigious. <laughs> I would assume so. Did you grow up with both your parents in the home? Unfortunately, I did not. Um, I grew up living with my mom. Uh, my brother, yeah, it was me, my mom, and my brother. But my brother left to live with my dad. And when he became like a teenager, you know that saying, a man needs to be taught how to be a man, so they have to go be with dad. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was mostly just me and mom. So, yeah, in the church pretty much it so did your mom know his family in church as well yeah definitely my mom was very very involved in church um yeah like i mostly almost all our services were together to be honest oh wow you know and he played the keyboard so he was he was very active um it got to a point where he even started a gospel group and like I, i sang so i was involved in that which i never knew you sang by the way yeah, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so what attracted you to him, even though he was so much older and, um, I mean, obviously wasn't in your youth group? <laughs> yeah, to be honest, um, I would think his demeanor, um, how he looked, um, where I grew up, you know, like I said, it was very prestige. So he looked like a thug, I guess you say. He had braids, tattoos, or certain colors, like the white tee with the baggy pants. So... I guess just what he had on, you know, and I, I, I thought I needed some roughness in my life. So, Did you think that he was like the bad boy of church? Yep. Oh, I was okay. the good girl. He was the bad boy. Got it. Okay. So did you have friends that you told that you were like attracted to this guy? Yeah. My best friend um, definitely told her and I had another good friend. Um, you know, they rooted me on for sure. But I guess we didn't really know how old he was because he was always around a nephew that we knew was around our ages. So in his defense, I didn't know how old he was until after. Wow. So you, no one really thought it was a weird situation because of the age gap because you, he hung out with kids your age. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So when you guys, when you told him your age, how far into the relationship were you guys? Hmm. Almost to a year. Holy but, shit. Yeah, but then like, I thought, I kind of felt like he should have said something because he knew. Um, his nephew 
end up kind of like I think it's he took it he took my ID or something like that and obviously has your grade level on it like my school yeah. ID and he showed him. So I want to say it, it was definitely before I actually turned 18 because I remember telling him, well, I'm going to be 18 in like a few months. And he got like super quiet and said, you know what? It's okay. I still love you anyways. And we kept it pushing. Wow. Yep. So, but you didn't feel because you were <clears throat> 17, almost 18, you didn't feel like it was a weird age gap difference type thing right no because i guess he just didn't act his age and i remember his his mom making a comment to like one of our pastors he said that like it was okay like she knew like i was mature for my age so like she let it kind of like slide i guess his mom no our childhood pastor oh okay okay so did his family know your age no okay so when you guys, um, he obviously proposed and you guys were planning your marriage. Were there any, I mean, you were so young. Were there any, um, how, well, first of all, you were 18 when you guys got engaged? I would say 19. Oh, 19. Yeah. So a couple years. Were there any, was there anything that like stopped you from wanting to get married or red flags that popped up that actually like made you hesitant to marry him? Yeah, um, obviously my dad, um, unfortunately my dad said no, you know, like the guy's supposed to go ask, you know, your dad for your hand in marriage. Um, my dad said no, I can't really remember his words, but it it all boiled down to him not financially being able to take care of me. Um, obviously we went against that. Um, he asked my grandfather, my grandfather did say it was okay but that he, I guess, he must have reassured my grandfather that he was going to care for me. Um, another red flag I think really stood out looking back would be just, um, I guess, just my brothers and my dad not being there, not having that support. You know, I felt like I should have really paid attention to that, and I didn't. So, <clears throat> were you working? I was working, and that was another red flag. I I was the only one working. That was the main one. Financially, I was just, I was the breadwinner. And the entire time you guys were dating, he didn't work? Uh, He worked, but it was like a, I want to say kind of remind you of like an after school type of program. Oh, like a little four hour gig. Yeah, nothing that would have brought in major income like that. Nothing living in LA that would make you afford something. Yeah. So your brother's were also are they older than you one's older the other one's younger so yeah the younger one didn't know no better at that time but the older one no he was totally against it neither him or my dad didn't show up wow because they knew that it was just a train wreck in a sense well i'm sure for men and one being your brother one being your dad obviously you want your child and your sister to be taken care of but on top of that you are looking at the age gap as what the fuck are you doing? And are right. they religious? No. Oh, so see, there was no God play in at that. All. They were just, I don't care if this fool goes to church. Um, He's not marrying my daughter who's right. eight years younger than him and he can't even support her. So yeah, I can definitely see how that's like not okay. Um, me and my ex are five years apart. So it was, I met him in high school as well. So that was... Um, a big red flag for my family as well but my ex was a very hard worker came from a good family we stayed together for years 
um, before we got married. So I think it was, there was none of those like um, doubts in that sense. Mm -hmm. He was a good man, came from a good family. There was no religion in it either. But um, it was very, like they were okay with him taking care of me. But I had made rules before we got married that when I, because I knew I was getting married young, that I um, wanted to make sure that I was able to be a kid once I got married. Like, I wanted my girl trips. I wanted to go out clubbing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to party. So I made that a very fine rule in our marriage. And he agreed to it and he wow. he allowed it. He never turned, he never um, changed his mind on that or made it, like, not capable for me. So did you miss out on that childhood? <clears throat> I, I truly did. I was going to say that's the complete opposite. Um being raised in the church too. Um, like I said, I was young, so all my friends, you know, I was the first one getting married. So all that shut down. I was told like you only hang out with people that are married. So oh. that leads me to what? Hang out with my mom. Right. <laughs> you know? Um So is it you're only allowed to hang out with people to get that are married because that's who you are now? Like that's your yeah, group of people. So, right. So I guess the way it was brought up to us was that if I was to hang out, quote unquote, my best friend who's a single single woman, single women, you know, they're looking for dating, you know, I'm attracting that as well. So, oh, okay. but at the same time, it was very hard for me because I knew the type of person I was and I knew that I took marriage seriously. I took my commitment and my vows very seriously. I knew that if I did go to a club, I wasn't going to have a man dancing with me or freaking me from behind knowing that my husband's at home and right. I have to go home to my husband. That just that was out of my character, right? Um, unfortunately, my ex husband or my husband at the time didn't see that. You know, he just he just still assumed I'm in that type of environment. That's what's supposed to happen to me. So I was not allowed to to do those type of things. Um, so me and my best friend, we had a few falling outs. I almost lost her. You know, I really shut her out when I got married because she no longer fit into your life. Yeah. So did he ever live that life? Mm-hmm. Of course, he had the lifestyle, the clubs, you know, I told you he was like into the music stuff, you know, he's in that music industry field. So he was always out. Wow. And sometimes even when we were married, especially after we had our baby, he was still going out, you know, he's into the music. So you got to go promote, you promote at clubs. So do you think that he didn't, so do you think now that I'm hearing this part, do you think that he kind of wanted that? life of like um let's say um Snoop Dogg Mm -hmm. his wife is like I know he cheats on me but he comes home to me so I don't care and she's the good wife that stays home takes care of the kids keeps the house going Mm -hmm. he she's got his back she's rubbing his feet she's she's that good wife at home do you think that he wanted that mental he had that mentality like you were the good christian girl wife at home taking care of the kids and he went out and had his cake and ate it too i honestly i honestly believe i don't think he knew really what he wanted um he came from a i don't want to say a good stock but you know a home that had mom and dad you know i didn't you know Mm. so i felt like in a way maybe he took advantage of that seeing that you had mom and dad in the home and i I don't want to say I smothered him with wanting to be married and making sure that my, my husband was okay, but I just feel like that's that type of lifestyle. Like, I'm not saying it always leads to anybody cheating or, you know, you wanting your cake and pie or having the good stuff at home and then still having fun. Mm-hmm. 
but it was one of those things he wasn't able to adjust it to you know what I mean like I guess you would say there's good producers out there that are married and don't cheat and don't mm. do all that but it's, it's how you set up your environment and I just feel like his environment wasn't set up very well he wasn't ready right you know? and I felt like he kind of molded me to get ready but he didn't mold himself to got be married. It. So when you guys, after you guys got married, did you, where'd you guys move into? Or where'd you live? <laughs> Girl, his mama house. <laughs> his mama and daddy house. In his bedroom he grew up in. That's no, where moved no. Into. Oh my God. Sure. Glad I mean... it wasn't no bump bed. <laughs> <laughs> Was he an only child? No. Oh shit. I'm sorry. No, he's not. Um, He has... Uh, two. He's the youngest. He has an older sister and brother. Did they live in the house? Hell yeah, they live. Oh here. no! <laughs> See, this is that shit we were talking about on last episode. Yeah, live Everyone here. living in everyone's house. I ain't down with that shit. Yeah. I mean, but I guess maybe that's LA living. I don't know. Sure, nah. So, did he get a job once you guys started? Once you got married? Um. Yeah. You know, I'll take that back. He did have a job. That's how he was able to buy my engagement ring. But that was like a. Like those collection agencies. Oh, so, you know, okay. that don't last too long. You know, like a ten dollar an hour yeah. job. But then after he got married, he started working at um the school that uh his mom worked at. No. Yeah, because I left. Yeah, so he was working there. So, did he have ambition, or his only goal was to be music? His only goal was to be music, to be a producer. Um. I mean, the brother had talent. Like, he had good skills, but at the same time, I don't think he really had, um, he didn't want to start from the bottom. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, he just thought Michael Jackson was about to call his cell phone and say, come record with me. But, and um, did you support that? I did. I honestly did. You know, and that's how I was raised. That's how I was taught, you know, as far as what I saw in the church. Like, you support your husband. You know, they could think that. You know, they've got the craziest dreams, but you're supposed to support them regardless. So did your mom still feel that way when you, once you're married to him? Like, was she ever like, Cole, I mean, can you get him to get you a job and get you out of his mama's house? I honestly say at one point, I don't think my mom knew all of it um, or I hid a lot of stuff from her. And then when she did know, I kind of felt like our religion got in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, where it was like she didn't know, not necessarily to stick up for her daughter or to stick up for the religion. Got it. I guess you mm-hmm. could say. Yeah, um, I, I know a lot of people like that. Yeah, so I, I don't like blame or anything, but a lot of stuff I, I, I was embarrassed, so I didn't tell her. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell her a lot of the stuff that was going on. Um, I knew, I see my mom struggle, and I just knew that I wasn't going to go down that path, and I saw myself going down that path. Oh. And I didn't like it. Interesting. So you knew... What you didn't want to turn out like, but Mm -hmm. you kind of, that's all you were kind of taught and learned from. So it was kind of like, I'm, I'm going to get out of this. I just don't know the steps to get out of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, I do hear a lot of, I have a really good friend actually who, um, is like her whole family is very religious and she doesn't know how to, um, really look outside of that view mm-hmm. either it's and like you're in a bubble like a box. yeah and sometimes she'll even say like no but this is what I was taught but you can see her questioning herself in her head and you're just like okay your your wheels are turning like this is what you were taught but mm-hmm. is it 
right for you? And she's like, I don't know. Like, it's very confusing to her. Mm-hmm. Wow, interesting. Okay, so um, when did your marriage start? Okay, so there was a lot of um, infidelity. He was a serial yeah. cheater. So when did that start? Um, when I look back now, I want to say it, it's been told to me there's been a epi- uh, possible cheating episode when I was four months pregnant, when our baby was four months. Um let's say when he was three there's, there's been multiple times um but i just looking back those are the, the few that i can account for so every time there were rumors did you believe it um i started to believe it after um after he went to jail <laughs> I started to believe it. <laughs> so we'll get back to that. Yeah. The rumors, did you hear them at church or around town in the church. neighborhood? It, um, unfortunately, our church consisted of our family. Like, our church is very small. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I started to hear the rumors around church. And I just feel like an idiot. You know, here I am. I'm supposed to be in a safe haven location, like, you know, your church building. And then you have, you hear these little whispering gossips about your marriage and it's like okay i'm not trying to release a demon out but i needed to stop right um but it just seemed like they were just swept under the rug no one really addressed it so were you allowed to address them in church like were you allowed to confront the other woman if they if she's a member of the congregation i wouldn't say allowed i was told um let him do it oh and it just didn't get done and so i even that's something that, that's a that's a that's something I just can't stand if you're gonna say you're gonna do it just do it right and so um yeah it came out where I ended up confronting it you know I just got tired of it so I confronted it um yeah was it frowned upon like were you not supposed to do that I would say yeah okay it was as if I um I stepped over not necessarily a religious boundary just like because like I said, it was mostly family. Mm-hmm. So when I came into the picture, it was like, I'm an added member to the family. Mm-hmm. And the person that he cheated on me was a member of the family. So it was one of those things like, like I was an outsider now. So now I'm trying to like fix something that was in-house. Oh. That possibly had been in-house and I just didn't know it was in-house. And yeah, I, I, I just feel like. That it was just a secret, like a, a secret that was going to stay a secret. And I just, I blew it up. Like I wasn't supposed to say anything. It was supposed to be a secret. Wow. I, I'm sorry. That was the secret I didn't want to keep. I needed someone to know that I knew. So what, at what point did you feel like, like this overwhelming need to deal with it outside of, like you said, you're in your bubble. So at what point did you feel you needed to deal with it outside of your bubble? Like, I'm going against everything I learned. I'm going against my husband. I'm going against this, my mother-in-law that I live with to actually deal with this on a woman's point in my marriage to basically help myself. Like, at what, what was the, what made you go against the grain, I guess? Um... I think it's just who I am. I I guess you, anybody would tell me, like, sometimes I'm mean. And it's just like, I'm a, a, a individual and it can take so much. Right. So I felt like I was just a walking time bomb. Mm. And I exploded. And so I confronted her and I didn't care if there was any consequences behind it. I just needed her, that person to know, like, 
just imagine someone that's always in your you know that they cheated with your husband and they're always in your face you know she's serving like we're at a church function and she's she's a server so she's preparing your husband's food um um or she's picking up your kid and you're you got to play this role like you don't know but you know you're looking at someone that you want to knock her head off like you know and it's just like I was tired of it. I was tired of looking like Boo Boo the Fool and I needed her to know, look, you do it again, I might fuck you up. <laughs> You're going to see that I mean, as Jesus has exactly. thought. Like, you know, that I might lose my Holy Ghost that day. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there, you know, and it, it just, I needed her to know, you know, and she knew it. So who, when you say um, it's a lot of family, how close was this woman to... I'm not even going to say woman because I'm going to let you tell that story. But how close was she to your family and him? Like She was like our like, sister. So that's your, forget the God. That's your sister to me. Mm-hmm. That's like a play sister. Like you don't do that. Like step outside of the bubble. Right. Like you know You're I mean? not staying in your same yeah. community. Yeah. You know, okay. you, know you go outside of the, the circle. Like I just feel like to me and now I sit back and laugh because I'm like that tells you how whack or little you are that you couldn't even go cheat outside of the circle right Mm -hmm. like you know you have you have no game right no game there it goes no game whatsoever Mm -hmm. yeah like you you're whack man yeah been there yep see what i mean Mm -hmm. like step outside yeah like and i'm not saying it's okay that you step out but at least i don't know it maybe would have felt better if i didn't know her right oh yeah for sure because now now sometimes then i I started to notice I was comparing myself to her. Mm-hmm. I'm a black girl. And a girl, I love being black. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she was mixed. She was black and Mexican. Mm-hmm. So she had the longer hair, the lighter skin. So I started comparing myself. No, did I do a Michael Jackson and try to bleach my skin? No. Mm-hmm. But I started to look at my imperfections oh, and yeah. compare them to her. Mm-hmm. You know, so it started to, you know, downgrade my self-esteem. But... I think I just wanted to, I wanted to whoop that ass. Because I just felt you stepped over the boundary. Right. You knew, and it's not like you didn't know. Mm-hmm. You knew that that man was married. Mm-hmm. Like, it's different if you don't know. But when you know, to me, that's too far. You could have said no. I don't care what this man told you. You could have said no. Mm-hmm. And that, that's and she's, she still has the nerve to see you every day. Exactly. And pick up my kid mm-hmm. almost every day. Touch my son. Don't touch my baby. So how old What? Okay, I'm going to let you tell the story now. But how old was she? Oh, she, at that time she was seventeen. And how old was he? I I want to say probably like in his thirties. Good lord. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Late tell the story of um, I guess how it started to come about and how you confronted her and him. Um. Well, now like I said, he got into some trouble. He went to jail. Uh, There's a lot of. A lot of gossip going around. Um, actually, her brother ended up kind of spilling the beans about some stuff. And, you know, like I confronted her. She said no. Confronted her on the phone. She said no. It, it, just, it just didn't sit right. Mm-hmm. Kept hearing rumors. Your intuition. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> women have it all. Mm-hmm. So we got to go FBI mode. You're right. And we Here can. We, we do it. Gentlemen, ID. <laughs> fellas, don't think. Yo, bitch, does not know. We. She's got all her girlfriends in on Tell it. You. We get that intuition, wake up at three in the morning, like, mm-hmm. wait, that didn't sit right six it months didn't. ago when you said that. And yesterday you made that look and <laughs> nope. Hold on, I'm going to pull up Verizon. Right. I'm going to pull yes. up your phone. When you get in that shower and you take the phone in the shower with mm-hmm. you. Don't put that phone uh-uh. down. Nope, we got it. We're getting it. We yeah. don't give a fuck. I have a friend that put a tracker on her husband's phone. One of those find my dog trackers. Mm-hmm. 
put it on his truck. I was like, this bitch is catching him. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, so you you felt it and you knew that she was lying to you after the phone call. Yeah, and then... you know. And at this time, the Negro is in jail. So <laughs> I can't even confront him about it. Can't tell him nothing. So, you know, I had to bite my tongue for a very long time. You know, he get home. You know, he tried to get some good good. I said, hold up, brother. That's not happening. This is not the TV. This is not baby boy. None of that. You're going to wait and answer some questions. But uh, long story short, you know, he, he tried to sit me down and explain it, you know. And I still felt like he should have basically told her, like, cut the crap. Mm-hmm. You know, like, my wife knows we're over. But um, no, he didn't do it. So I took it upon myself and I questioned her. Um, picked her up from the from the house and asked her when, where, how, what positions. I wanted to know all the detail because I personally felt like if you're messing up this happy home, let me figure out what you're doing mm-hmm. that I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a nutshell, you know, I just questioned her and she came clean. You know, and I I, I just personally felt like how low of you, you know? Yeah. Um, so when she told you what, what kind of questions did you ask her? This stuff is juice to me. Like, I want to know. I'm a very, not that I needed a visual of their sex scene or anything like that, but I guess I I need a, I needed a a playback or a timeline Mm -hmm. because to be honest, I'm not even being gross. At that time I had a Dodge Magnum. My car was whipping. Like it was nice. Mm -hmm. Black interior. It was always a stay on the seat and I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it was just bugging the living hell out of me. And long story short, this heifer told me they was having sex in my car. And I'm assuming that's not, that's in her, her car that she pays the car note. Exactly. So I'm assuming those are her juices. So I wasn't very happy with that. She said they did it at the school on the wall. She just knew so much stuff that it only can come for him. You know, she she talked about stuff that I'm not doing that he told me not to do. It was just like how disrespectful. Now, mind you, the things, we're not going to go into detail about the things that he told her not to do, but um, he told her not to do things because now that she was his wife, she should no longer do it because it was held to a different respect. So he went to this little girl to have her basically fulfill the needs that his wife was no longer, was told she was no longer, because you were more than capable, you were more than willing. Right. But he told her that's not what a wife does. So he went to this little girl and i'm calling her a little girl because he was in his 30s and she was right. 17 or kelly or, okay he's he's too far into this music shit trying to be r kelly i didn't even think that that's shit. his name right now we can call him r okay so um we you've mentioned already a couple times so this is where um i want to warn everyone the um what we're talking about next don't have any kids in the room it's gonna hit home to a lot of people and but it's something that I really um think we should talk about and it actually is says a lot to Cole's um recovery and where she stands um but um I think it's definitely subject that needs to be brought to light um and I'm not afraid to actually go there so um he went to jail. So tell me that whole story. He went to jail, how that came about, what it, how it affected you when it was going on and everything. Yeah. So, and yeah, th- this one's tough, but, um, he went to jail because he was accused of 
touching um, a little girl. And as a person that may have experienced that themselves and for him to know that and for him to stoop that low and do that, cause that pain and affliction on another child that has to grow up, you know, it's just like the cycle keeps going, the mental cycle, the mental abuse of that, the cycle keeps going, just not in my family, in another child's life. I think that devastated me more than anything. Um, but yeah, he um, he was accused of that. Um, again, he never came out and told me from his mouth <laughs> of what happened. Um, but as a wife, you know, the way I was raised, you, you know, you support your husband, you stick by his side. I stayed, you know, um, I stayed the whole time that he got convicted. Um, he ended up having to take a deal. So thank God he came home, but he came home as I felt like even worse, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He was a different person, you know? So when you, um, when he told you, when he had to come clean about actually being caught, so you said he worked at this school, right? Yeah. So this when we're talking about this little girl, like how old are we talking? Um, it was an elementary school. So, uh, you couldn't, she couldn't have been more than, I would say under 12 for sure. And when you, you knew this little girl, right? You've seen her mm -hmm. around and yeah. what was their relationship right, like when you were around this? Like if you were to warn another parent about what you seen with him and this little girl, what would you say? their relationship was like or the red flags you've seen um i personally feel like one of the red flags is just I, I think most moms that have little girls and again i don't have a daughter but just how i was raised and if i see my nieces do any of that or even if i had a god's daughter you just don't do you don't allow your little girl to sit on any man's lap after a certain age like especially not her father right you know and and, and this particular girl again i'm not blaming her or her mom but this particular girl had no father figure. Um, I do believe that she looked at him as that or maybe like a big brother, uncle type of style. I, I couldn't tell you. But um, I did find it odd that when I would come up to like surprise him with lunch and stuff like that, the little girl's pulling on him, jumping all over him and, you know, climbing all over him. And I remember telling him, like, you shouldn't let them do that. Like, you know, you should tell her mom to have a talk with her, you know, about her boundaries. And, um... No, it just, it, it, it was two of them, you know, they, they, they continued to do it and it got to the point, not necessary. I knew I wasn't pregnant with a little girl. It became to a point where I was kind of jealous, like stop climbing all over my husband like that. Like, you know, like you're not supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. or, or they, she would come to like church functions and I'm like, when is there a boundary of what's work and what's right. a separation, you know? Cause just, she wasn't part of your congregation. No, she was not part of the congregation whatsoever. But um, at the same time, I, I just tried to thought, try to think the good, like, oh, you know, she doesn't have a father figure. So that's why her mom lets her come and kind of hang all over my, my fiance. But, well, he has kids of his own now. Like, mm -hmm. hey, you know, back up a little bit, you know. Um, but, yeah, that, that's how we, we knew her. But, yeah, he worked there. They were climbing. That's the number one red flag. You know, not necessarily teach your daughters the appropriate boundaries, but just have their eyes open to those things, you know, like it's, it's, it's out there, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, at that time they had to wear uniforms. So their little skirts are pretty short, you know, how to sit properly, you know, or just to speak up if something is done. Like the little girl happened to write in the report that 
his wife actually thank god i did show up unexpectedly because i not necessarily stopped him from doing what he was doing at the time mm. you know because it's sitting there his wife came to the door you know and i and my heart just broke and it was just like dang it like not necessarily i saved her but thank god i did show up right you know unexpectedly mm-hmm. you know um but i i really feel like just just be mindful of your daughter's behavior you know and I wouldn't send my kid to anyone's house. Like even now with my, with my little boys now, they don't go to many places. No, Mm -mm. I'm very paranoid. Mm -hmm. Um, it can happen to little boys too. There's no gender separation. So no, they don't go to many people's houses. Um, and my boy, he's 14 years old. He can defend for himself, but Mm -hmm. still like it made me paranoid seeing what he did. So when you found out, how did he tell you? How did he break the news to you? He just told me that he was, um, he had got fired or had to take leave, um, because he was in under investigation of molestation charges, but never came out and told me what was actually done. Um, that's not until after the lawyer actually told us what he did. So when he told you, what was your response to him? I threw up. <laughs> to yeah. be honest, I, I, I looked at him, my heart dropped and I threw up, you know, because I just felt like you've kissed me with that mouth like you know what I mean like yeah I I threw up you know and just feeling like disgusting like I felt like my body was just dirty like a scarlet letter letter it was disgusting I can't imagine yeah so when you um went to so you decided to stay by his side because that's what you were taught Mm mm-hmm being a faithful wife loyal you know I've never cheated on that man and Never, never thought it. I've had opportunity when he was in jail mm-hmm. with his one of his family members. Right. Matter of fact, but <laughs> never. I was very loyal to him, very committed, but nope. So when you, when you did stick by his side, did you feel like you were, were you ridiculed by the community, by the church? Um, not necessarily the church. Uh, there was members that were family that was supposed to be his family that were calling giving us threats um saying that they were gonna basically like say that they that he touched their kid um it it was just bizarre that you know we hadn't talked to these people and god knows how long and all of a sudden you know they're leaving threatening voicemails um yeah we've gotten letters like it was it was rough like Threatening my own child because of something their dad did. <laughs> How old was your son at this time? I think it was three. It was roughly three. I could not imagine having a son of your own and like going through this, especially because you know in the back of your mind, like this could be true. And am mm-hmm. I supporting and standing behind a child molester and I right. have a child? Right. Like, How do you support that? Right. Um, so when you start, you obviously tried to get a lawyer and who actually I thought this was interesting who paid for the lawyer my in-laws my mother-in-law and your mother-in-law what's what does she do for a living <laughs> she's a pastor <laughs> so a pastor. she could have either stood by her son's side to pay for this I'm assuming very expensive lawyer mm-hmm. um because she believed her son or because it was the right thing to do or because she this is what her religion told her to do yeah and i feel like that's that confusion right 
you know because it's like do you go by the religion because i would have thought like the original the religion would have been like not necessarily you reap what you sow but like no yeah if you did wrong you you did wrong You're this punished. is the laws of the land mm-hmm. you know but at the same time this is my baby this this is her son mm-hmm. she can't give up on her son you know so I, it, it's hard and that's the same thing as a as a wife like here i am i'm sticking by you but we have a kid right mm-hmm. and it got to the point thank god that our kid was a boy Right. Or he would my ex husband wouldn't have been able to come home to that house. Mm-hmm. He would have been in the halfway house. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of would have been the same thing. But yeah, like it's one of those. I love God and I respect my religion, but it can cause a a, um, a shift in how you your thought pattern, how you make your decision making, because it's like. I feel like she turned against God or she turned against the church supporting something that. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? But it's mm-hmm. like, but then God teaches you to stick with your, you know, your family. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I give you. You know, you support them. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a very difficult, especially because you would think, I'm not speaking for his mother. I don't even know the people. But especially because you think as a mom, you think you only want to think the good in your kid. You're like, mm-hmm. no, my kid could never do that. My kid right. would never do that. Um, so when you went and spoke to the lawyer, what was, what happened there? Yeah. So I, he was reading accounts and stuff. So it really got me to the, uh, I guess to the point where my head basically exploded is what, you know, it wasn't just molestation charges. You know, they go into detail about what type of charge he did. Um, and due to the fact that his mouth touched the child's body part, um, that caused his charges to increase even more. And so that's where I was mentioning, like, your mouth has kissed me right? after that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, yeah. So he performed oral sex on one of the children. An um, elementary student. His student. It was his student, correct? Or his aide. Yeah. He was an aider of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, is this Was this a private school? Yeah. Um, so... When he was going through trial, there was another child that came up about. Yeah, so I guess that's they. They were like, you know, they they're gonna question the rest of the children. Oh, you know? okay. And so, um, once they questioned them, you know, another little girl basically said the same thing, same room, same boxes in the same spot, oh same gosh. action, you know, and so they had two. So. At that point, did you think like, oh, this is definitely true? Yeah. At that point, I did. Um, but again, he never ver- verbally came out. And at that point, that's when it was just to the point where we, I guess we made a deal where he would turn himself in. And so we ended up taking him down and he turned himself in. Um, instead of them coming to pick him up, you know, because we had not only does my son at the home, but we had a little nephew. We didn't want him seeing all that. So we ended up taking him down there and yeah, went through the whole process, stayed there. For, I guess, what, nine, eight or nine months? Wow. Yeah. And was there any ever a conversation between you and his mother? Because you were still living in their house, correct? Yeah. Um, regarding this, like, did she ever, like, want to, like, help you or, like, ask you how you're feeling? Or, like, was there ever a conversation that could have, you know, helped the situation or even tried to understand you or you, her, whatever, any um, type of combos. To be honest, there was never no full conversation with us about like, hey, Cole, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, my son put you through this or anything. Not that I was expecting an apology. 
I just felt like we were vibing off each other for support just mm-hmm. to make it, to be honest. Because um, you've seen she was broken as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, like, just knowing how my mother-in-law is, she's a very strong person. Um, I looked up to her very, very much, and I seen that, like, how strong she was, and so it pushed me to keep going because I, I, I crumbled, like, twice. And I remember her saying, like, if because I wanted to go to my mom. I said, I'm done. And I remember her saying, like, you know, please don't leave me. Like, you're really the only one I got to talk to. You know, I feel like everybody else kind of shut the door. And it was just me and her fighting for him. You know, um, going to the, the trials, going to go every weekend to go visit, um, putting money on his books, you mm-hmm. know, all that shebang. But um, so did you think at any point that you're loyalty in a sense shifted from him to her while he was in prison or jail rather did I feel like it shifted from him to her yeah like did you feel like you now had to be there for her like that was your new um like because you said you wanted to go to your mom so you going to your mom was basically that would have been your comfort that would have been your rock that would have been your Mm -hmm. shield but you couldn't because you had to basically be there for her and him yeah for both of them okay yeah I felt like I had to be there for both to be honest because there there was days I honestly I drove up by myself um I think the hardest part was when I didn't know if I would have someone to watch the baby you know because he didn't want our baby to come up there you know Mm -hmm. and then it got to the point where I missed a few visits because I had no one to watch the baby and again, being scared of what you just been accused of. Right. Now I'm leaving my baby in someone's right. hands, so I'm terrified. And I'm driving miles to come see you. Um, so I started bringing him, you know. Um, and I felt when I had to do that, it just felt like like I wasn't myself. Like, this is not my life. Mm-hmm. This is not my world. This is not what I signed up mm-hmm. for. I'm, I'm not going to be a jailbird's wife. I'm not going to have a baby daddy in jail. Like, I don't want this. Right. Well, now you're taking your son to expose him to something at such a young age, you know? Yeah. And um, thank God he doesn't, like, remember nothing, you know. But I just felt like this is not what I pictured my life to be. I I didn't want it. Um, So there was a few times where I said, I I want a divorce. Mm -hmm. I I don't want this. Like, especially after once he was convicted and took the deal, I was like, all right. I'm done. Like, I, I did my job. I stood with you. And now you've given me a reason to get a divorce now. So, mm-hmm. like, God would still love me. I can get a divorce. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And, but I, I still stayed. So, how long after jail did you stay with him? Uh, I want to say at least two years, too. Because he got out maybe around, I think Obama was elected in 2008 or nine. Yeah, because I didn't leave until 2011. So, well, seems And like- what made you... Oh, hold on. Before we go to that. So, since this was like an open case and everything was still um, new and going through everything and you obviously couldn't talk about it to anyone as well as, I mean, keeping the reputation for himself, whatever was left, and your mother-in-law and the church and everything... Um, w- there was no one you could talk to, right? There right. was no out. Did your parents know? My dad did not know. Um, my mom knew just because, you know, obviously they sent out prayers, you know, for individuals in need. So he was on the prayer list. But she didn't know the details of the case because we were told, like, don't say much because someone can throw it out there and accuse him again and then he's gone. Um, 
So, you know, just walking on eggshells, you know, not really being able to tell anyone, um, like, out of fear. Like, I felt like I was living, like, my whole life revolved around that. Like, just don't piss off nobody to send my husband back to jail. Right. You know, um, don't have real rage. Don't piss off a cop. You know, it was just terrifying. So, were you, like, did you feel like you had a new role of, protecting mm-hmm. him oh and it was so stressful i felt like i was the male in wow. the relationship i felt like i wore the pants i felt like i'm the man i got your back you know um there was a time where he got pulled over i felt like he shrunk down to a little midget and i had to speak up like oh no you know we weren't doing anything wrong here's my license this is my car you know and i just you can just see the fear in him you know and then it got to the point where he didn't want to drive so i'm driving everywhere so it's like not necessarily saying males should drive the woman around, but like, give me a break. Like, right, drive a car. Right. I'm old know? school. You're supposed to be driving. I'm yeah. just a girl. I'm the same way. So, no, you should be driving. Right. But um, really not wanting to do anything, you know, um, where it was like, I'm doing all the surprising. So it's like, I felt like I was the male, you know, and that became a turnoff. Like, I started to look at him a little different. Not necessarily weak, but on that line, you know, mm-hmm. that I was starting to walk that line. Like he didn't, he didn't hold that macho standard for mm-hmm. me anymore. Um, because I saw, I saw fear as he was walking around. Right. Yeah. So what did you feel about leaving your son after that? Like, how did that go? Cause obviously he's in jail. You had to still work. So dropping your kid off at daycare or wherever how how does your mindset change as a mother um to be completely honest I felt like that was a whole nother level um if I could I would have quit my job and just to just have my son because I didn't trust anyone um the unfortunately I, I obviously I had to work I had to pick up the other side of the bills now so my son had to go to school and he was actually going to the school that this was committed at. So wow. he still had to go back. Um, my mother-in-law was still working there. I think she took a little break, but it was one of those things. It got to the point my son was covering. If you guys know, like most car seats have the clamp in the that clamps over their chest. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then it has the one that clamps between their legs. So imagine a little, what, one, two, three-year-old covering up his private area in his chest from the seatbelt from you unbuckling it screaming mm. at the top of his lawn, I don't want to go. And it just, he had never done it. It started happening when his dad went away. Um, and it was a nonstop thing. And to the point where I'm sitting at work, driving to work, bawling, because I just left my child traumatized at a place that I know could possibly harm him. Right. Yeah. 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 You can't ever trust anyone. Right. Again. I didn't know if those parents were going to come back and retaliate on that school. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Because it, it not only is it his fault that he did that, but it's also that school's fault. Right. Because they should have been protecting the kids. Uh-huh. You know, so that I don't know if they knew my son was there. Mm-hmm. So it's just like all these thoughts are running in my head while I'm working, trying to help customers deal with money. Like mm-hmm. messing up on transactions. So I was messing up at work. Almost I got rolled up a few times. Then it came to the point where only way I can get my son to stop crying. No. Matter of fact, I took him out of that school. Put him back. I put him into another school, and it was like when I took him out of that school, my poor baby was getting hurt almost every day. I got I, he was getting pine needles stuck in him and stabbed, busted lips. 
lips bitten. It was just not to his head and nothing was being reported to me. And it got to the point I had no choice but to put him back in the school that all this has happened to him. Wow. Yep. And I mean, that's, (laughs) I couldn't imagine that. I mean, being a single parent in general is so tough, but I mean, being a single parent when you kind of lose faith in people, I mean, I couldn't imagine that. I didn't know who to trust. Only one I can honestly say I trusted was my mom. And And she was far from you. She was far. My mom and my brother. Um, and when I would go out there, it was like, I had a sense of relief where I could sleep, you know, where I was at peace, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then I went back to the chaos. So, what, he was out for two years, and then what, what was, um, I mean, you guys obviously didn't have a relationship at that point, right? It was kind of just going day to day. Yeah. So, at what point did you, did your view change completely that you were like, I don't know why the fuck I'm still in this situation, I need to basically just be strong and get the fuck out, get my kids out of the, my kid singular out of this and move on like forget this life um to be honest i know this sounds scary but i became suicidal yeah um gosh <laughs> looking back <laughs> dang it tina why are you asking that question <laughs> it's okay but yeah, you know you, you, i became suicidal you know because i just felt like i didn't want my life to end up like this you know, mm-hmm. I felt like I did everything I was supposed to do, you know, as a mom, as a wife, and I got bit in my ass, mm-hmm. you know. So not only did you hurt other people, but you also cheated. Mm-hmm. And then you just left me to be what my, my son's mom. Like, you know, not that you have to have the okay to do all these things, but it's, it came to the point where it was like, did you think about how your kid would feel? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm always putting my kid first. Uh-huh. You know, and that's what we do as parents. We mm-hmm. put our children first. So it just got to the point where when I found out he cheated the last time, I said, I'm done. And I was going to take myself and my kid out. Mm-hmm. And I saw something that reminded me of my first grandma. And my mom kept blowing up my phone. I was on the freeway. She kept. I went to the school, snatched my baby out of the school. And I remember the director seeing me cry. And she was like what's wrong don't take the baby like this and I'm like no let me go I didn't even sign him out I just yanked him threw him in the car seat obviously I bucked a buckle him in and I just remember driving and my mom I just remember seeing my cell phone lighting up and it was just my mom and I was like I'm not answering and she I'm, I'm done but then my mom's pastor called and I took that as a sign and I answered it and she told me to pull off the side of the freeway I was having a panic attack and I don't know next thing I know I just end up I was, I noticed I was at the pastor's house and we talked and I explained how I was feeling, you know, and I didn't understand like why God would allow this to happen to me when I did nothing wrong, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and she said it wasn't God. It was just human. Mm-hmm. You know, she just said he, in a nutshell, he messed up. Mm-hmm. And, but she did say it now it's time for me to heal. So I felt like her telling me it's time for me to heal. She gave me the okay or the approval to get a divorce. You know, oh wow okay because i felt like you know the way our religion was taught like you don't get a divorce and only way you're supposed to get one or you're allowed quote unquote or god will forgive you if um the person committed adultery and the fact that he cheated and all that all the other crap you know i felt like she was saying it but not saying it and again that's her 
best one of her best friend's kids that she's telling me I can get divorced from. Oh, so she did know the family. She did know the family. Oh, okay. You know, and so, um, but when I became suicidal and I look at like how selfish of it would would have been for me to take my son's life, you know. Um, oh, because you weren't just suicidal. You wanted to take your son with you. Yeah, I was like, he's not staying here with this Debbie. Heck oh, no. okay. Like, you know, you're not going to miss my you know, get the privilege of having my child. Like, you know what I mean? Being wow. Here. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I thought about it. But it wasn't, I mean, I don't, I, I luck, thank God I've never had that feeling, but I mean, suicide, yes, but not with my children. But it, in a sense to me, it kind of sounds like, um, it was still a, your mother, a mother's love. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm taking him with me because it's better for him to yeah, come with me. That was my thought pattern, to be honest. Because you hear about these stories on TV and you're like, you know, how dare her kill herself and her kids. And then me, because I'm always like, let me put my shoes on the other feet. Not that mm-hmm. I'm, you know, advocating for anyone. But in your situation, you're like, no, if my kid were to stay here, he could be hurt. I'm the only one who protects him. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, but you obviously couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Which... Yeah, that's I just deep. felt like I didn't have any other out. Like, no, there was no avenue. Like, I didn't, I worried a lot of what people would think of me, mm-hmm. you know, and I felt like getting a divorce, it was so disgraceful, you know, and then I knew where I came from. I didn't want to raise my child in two broken homes, you know, so, and then there were times where I thought, oh, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to stay in this. Like, I got this. But once that trust is gone, it's gone. So ultimately you chose, would you say you chose to leave for the life of your child or for your sanity or for your happiness or because it was just the right thing to do I felt like if I would have stayed I probably would have I probably would have committed suicide because I just felt like looking back now you know um I do believe financially that triggered a lot of our issues um him not having a consistent pay or consistent work and like the stress of it and seeing how life looks now I would have been dead because it's just like it, it, it would have been too much or one of us would have been in jail because that so I'm going to say I left more for my sanity and knowing that I wanted a healthier future mm-hmm. and I just figured that if I had the healthier future it's going to ricochet on my son right you know mm-hmm. I'll be able to at least provide him with a healthy mom but mm-hmm. I would have been toxic that relationship was toxic for me mm-hmm. and I didn't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I cried. I, I Once I left, I still cried. I cried, I cried because it was changed. I didn't, I mean, coming from LA to the high desert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I need to go back. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know and it, it was just a lot. I cried a lot. I, I refused to make friends. You know, it was just a different life for me. So when did you basically decide to sit down and tell your family the truth of what he was in jail for and what or does your family even know to this day how low you got so now they do well I stooped so low because I had a cousin that was a police officer Mm -hmm. Um, I thought he was a sheriff so obviously LA County dealing with sheriff too so I didn't want them to fuck him up in jail. So I was asking my cousin, like, can you pull some strings or what do you know what I mean? Just for protection. Uh-huh. So that's kind of how I got around on one side of the family. Um, the other side, I just think, like, it kind of trickled through, like, the prayers and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I would say now, the only, I think the first time I came out was when my dad talked to me. Um, he actually sat me down and we had a nice father and daughter talk. And I told him everything that 
was what I was experiencing. And wow. he told me to leave. He told me to leave. And of course he threw it in my face. I told you not to marry him. Right, of course. <laughs> but he said, you need to leave. So did you lose anyone? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. I know where you're going. Yeah. How, yeah. like, uh, was it family, friends, the whole congregation? Well, How? you got to realize I'm kind of like you, Tina, I, 18, mm-hmm. like with his side of the family. Um, it was very tough. I, I, I lost another mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost a dad. Um, oh, my nephew. I, I seen him basically from birth on up. Yeah. You know, now when I see him and when I do get to see him, it's kind of awkward. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I feel the same way. I'm constantly in a battle, especially with my nephews. Um, I mean, luckily, me and my sister-in-law still have a great relationship. So um, I see them whenever I want to, basically. I just have to give her a call, which I'm very thankful for that. But I couldn't imagine, um, you know, because you mentioned earlier, not on the podcast, but you don't like to be the victim. You don't want mm-hmm. to be felt sorry for. You don't right. want people to, like keep you in their life just because they mm-hmm. feel sorry for you. Like you want it to be genuine, especially right. you coming out of this situation. Like all you want is genuine people in your life. Exactly. So, um, what, what happened like church wise, what happened, um, with your trust in, I guess your church, not necessarily religion or God, but just in church in general. Um, to be honest, I had looked at church on such a high pedestal that it knocked it down a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, where it it just made me realize that, like, even though people in the church are ministers, you know, have those titles, they're still human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, they make mistakes, they mess up, but it just sucks that you know we're quick to judge them. So now I know I don't look at them by their titles; I just look at them as they're like me. Yeah, you know more of the Bible than I do, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because it really kind of turned me away from the church when that happened. Because all of it was in the church. Right. You know, and I'm like, well, how come nobody said anything? How come nobody did anything? Mm-hmm. How come nobody kicked them out of the church? Mm-hmm. It should have been done. That's right. what you guys told me you were going to do. Right. You know, but then here I come, I walk in and I see them. Right. That's not fair. You know, this is my church. I didn't do anything wrong. Right. I should be able to come to church and feel right. comfortable. But now I have to leave and you let the person that did the stuff stay in the church. Mm-hmm. To me, I, it was backwards. So it just had me a little confused, but I just had to look at the church a different way. You know, and I just really had to ask God, like, yeah, I don't go to church. I don't go in the building every day or every Sunday like I used to. However, I have a different relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I honor him. I respect him. Um, you know, I thank him for all the blessings he's giving, but it's not going to make me go to hell because I don't go in the building. Correct. I, I agree 1,000%. One day, <laughs> one day I'm going to do a religion episode. Oh, yeah. It's just... Um, <laughs> I'm ready for that one, too. Oh, girl. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's a whole nother day. But um, did you feel like once you came clean to everyone and everyone knew the struggles and what you went through and everything, mm-hmm. um, like people were let least likely to frown upon the fact that you had a divorce? Yeah. To be honest, that's why I chose to like tell my story on your podcast because there's a lot of people that actually not necessarily experienced the detail, but that have basically gone through it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, again, the door has been closed. Like no one was able to talk about it because it was so frowned on. Now when I tell people, they're like, 
oh my god Cole we should have talked to you a long time ago look at you look where you are now mm-hmm. like yeah come talk to me I'll mm-hmm. tell you how it is it, it sucked yeah <laughs> I, did, I don't like it you mm-hmm. know did it really mess up my viewpoint yes mm-hmm. on marriage yes definitely mm-hmm. uh, do I have a fear of getting married yes is it getting better it's almost gone because of who I'm with right you, you know just what I mean? found a great man yeah mm-hmm. but at the same time like that marriage has traumatized me. Like, just that relationship has traumatized me. Um, but I do feel like I, I pay attention. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, um, I pay attention. But I just feel like it's okay to look at church a different way. Yeah, I agree. It's It doesn't, um, like I've said before, I don't notice I haven't even mentioned what religion Cole is in because to me it doesn't matter the religion what I think it comes down to is the core of like you said everyone is still a human but religion throws so much on you that like you said you're just confused you're Mm -hmm. tainted in the fact that like wait is this what it's supposed to be am I feelings my normal human Mm -hmm. feelings supposed to be here because my church says they're not right so it's it's very confusing on so many people and it's it's really an unfair situation yeah um but um the idea that you came out of it I mean not only are you dealing most people deal with divorce and separation and single motherhood and everything because of x y and z but you actually had to you're dealing with something that's like dude, I was married to a guy who is a pedophile and I like out of naive and straight what I was supposed to do, what I was taught my whole life, I stuck with this man. So now you deal with the demons of that, you mm-hmm. know? Like I couldn't imagine, like your son's how old now? Your He's son with 14. him? 14. Are you ever going to have that conversation with him? Yeah, you know what? Me and my, my fiance, we've talked about that. I honestly feel if my son... The relationship we have with our child, if he doesn't bring it up, we don't talk about it. Oh, okay. You know, there's certain things that obviously we'll talk about, you know, the important stuff like sex and drugs and all that. But if it if it doesn't come up in conversation, um, we don't, you know, talk about it. I think obviously the, the mispresence of the individual or the other party will come up more um, where that will trinkle. But I think that's his position to tell his story. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would never try to speak ill on his father. Right. You know, so I do feel like, um, yeah, he would need to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, do you, do, he's not around. He's not in your son's life. Pretty much. He's one of those holiday, send a card type of parents. Oh. Um, but not pick him up. Um, if I take you to court, let me do my job a little bit, and then I back off and uh, I stop doing it. <laughs> one of them. Yeah. So he's not very consistent. Um, but no, he, he's. I would say no. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to X that out. And did that happen immediately after you left? Yeah. He didn't make much of an effort. Um, I started the divorce, um, and I think... <laughs> I honestly feel like I probably would still be married to that man if I didn't. Like, even if I would have left legally, I would probably still be married because he wouldn't have done the paperwork. Wow. Yeah, so I did the paperwork. Um, It was a bit confusing because I was trying to be nice because I still loved him uh, when I left without the cheating, the all that. 
shit that he put me through I still loved him Mm -hmm. you know but I knew I had to do that so I'm like signing divorce papers crying Mm -hmm. you know um but I I had to do it and when when it got down to like the custody and all that I I was fair I did 50 50 you know he requested not to do the child support that we would do it between ourselves that's another story Mm -hmm. (laughs) as you would say okay um but yeah you know and then we became legally separated, you know, March of 2011. And I I would say even that day, I was still kind of a little hurt, you know, bothered, you know. It was change, mm-hmm. you know. I had stuck with him for six years. It was change. And I, I wasn't for sure if I wanted it, you mm-hmm. know. I didn't know. Like, that's how, like, love make you do some stupid stuff. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't. I'm like, do I stay with him? Mm-hmm. But then I started to feel like I was just staying for my son. And right. I'm like, my life would have been hell. Right. And I was like, I, I couldn't. I, and a lot of people don't see that. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people don't see when you're staying for your child, that's the relationship that your child is going to look up mm-hmm. to. That's their first example of a relationship. Yeah. And if you're teaching your child to stay somewhere where you're obviously not happy, you're not breaking any type of cycle. Exactly. I mean, what what are you really giving to your child? You don't want... I hear it all the time. You, I don't want my kid to be in a broken home. Um, your home is way more broken without having two happy parents. Yeah. Like, it's very... It's something that I really had to cope with myself because, like you said, I... I was forced out of my marriage. I was... I would have never left because I was still madly in love with him. But I was forced out of it and the the courage that you had to be in love with him and still, still continue yeah. I couldn't like that is mad strength like yeah. that's that's a lot of strength and even not knowing I mean you moved out of the dang city like you moved to a whole new county you moved yeah. two hours away I was definitely shocked where I came yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what am I supposed to do out here? Oh, there's like a little tiny ass mall. No, I get it. I totally yeah. get it. Um, I, I had to do what I had to do. So do you, f- does his family keep in touch with your son? I'm going to say no. Um, I would say it was a little shaky at the beginning. Um, but if I had to, I would say no. I think they they let him manipulate them. Oh. Um, To the point where... um. I don't know. If you're living in my house, you're not going to tell me I can't talk to my grandson. Right. Exactly. Or go see my grandchild. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that, that I don't know if he's said those words, but um, I know he will not allow like them to pick him up or bring him anywhere um, without him not knowing. Wow. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, let's go pick up, a, pick up the child and mm-hmm. take him back down. No. Permission. <laughs> So he do you are is he the victim in all of this in his mind? I honestly feel like he thinks so. Oh, okay. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm gonna say yeah. Is he manipulative and? He's very. Um, and that was something I feel like he preyed on the younger ones for. Like I said, I met him when I was 17. I'm dumb, naive. I don't even know who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, even my he has another child. You know, even my uh, stepson's mother. Same, we're the same age. Dumb, naive too. <laughs> And he, so it was her, it was his other baby mama. They were both under 18 while Mm -hmm. he was in his 20s. Um, And then it was the one he cheated with was also young. And then he had been accused of uh, molestation on the two other girls. So 
obviously he has a pattern of right um i mean pedophilia in a sense mm-hmm. um i just i don't know i can't so what we're going to do with Cole's story is this was kind of like her background her story um her fiance is also going to come on soon and tell his story because he has one hell of a story too um and when they found each other it's honestly like the best love story ever um (laughs) one thing that cole said when we were talking today is she is with her fiance at this point and she's like realized that she does know how to love and watch everything that she was doing was loving correctly but it was just the wrong person right it totally was and that's something a lot of people don't understand like you you are enough you are doing everything right you're just giving it to the wrong person person. they're not matching your love language right right and you you really got to know yourself in order to and i know both of you did a lot of self-healing yeah and that's That's like important yeah that's the most important thing well, Cole, I love your story, and I mean, as rough as it is, it's, I I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are just going to be in shock by this story, um, but like I said, you don't hear it every day. You don't know these types of things yeah. or the other side of, I mean, because if you think about it, someone who's um, a pedophile, they have a family. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I mean, so you you don't know where it comes from, who's around them, and... I mean, I'm sure people back then were looking at you like, I mean, outside of the bubble, were looking at you like, what the hell's her problem, you know? Yeah. But then you're like, well, but you don't know her side. You don't know what she is, who she is and stuff. So it's really, really cool. So thank you for um, being on and you're a strong ass woman. I'm oh, so yeah. proud of you. Um, yes. And soon we'll talk to your boo, who we all love. He's Hi, lo- baby. I'm all here. <laughs> shout out to art lavo it is sunday actually um all right thanks guys we'll talk to you later say bye cole bye bitches and fellas (laughs) official